Timothy Putnam, and I'll be your host for the next hour. Each week we gather right here to explore the foundations of our faith, to look at the implications of our faith on our daily lives, so that together, you and I can prepare to live outside the walls. Happy New Year to you. No, this isn't a repeat. Rather, tomorrow is the first Sunday of the season of Advent, which is the beginning of the liturgical calendar. It's the, the, the new year for us in the church. And over the course of this liturgical year, we rehearse and we retell the whole story of salvation. So we start here in Advent, saying to one another, looking around at the world, looking around at our uh, at the news and seeing earthquakes and hurricanes and and wars and rumors of wars and so forth, we can look at one another and say, you know what? This is not how God created the world to be. All is not right with the world. Something is off. We start there because it's only by recognizing in humility our current state that we can ever hope through the grace of God uh, to have that improved, right? And so here we start in Advent, beginning to look at the, the weaknesses of our human systems. We'll go through uh, and celebrate the, the first coming of Christ, the Advent, the arrival of Christ, uh, because that signals for us the hope that redemption is coming. Uh, then we'll go through, we have a lot of other things going on. We get to, to Lent and we look at ourselves and we say, all is not right with me. I'm going to do some introspection, some interior observation, and recognize my own propensity to sin. I'm going to recognize that I am not how God created me to be. And then we're going to go through the triduum, celebrating, remembering that Christ lived. He was uh, crucified died, was buried, and rose again. And then on Easter, we celebrate the hope for our redemption. So we've got these two big feasts of redemption, uh, Christmas, which we've taken on really to, to signify and to focus on uh, the, the consummation of the ages, that God is going to redeem the cosmos, the created order. And then we go through an Easter, well, we'll get to that later. Easter, we celebrate the fact that we as humanity have been restored. Uh, but really, God is redeem, redeeming not just us, not just you and me, not just our interior lives, rescuing us from sin, certainly, but he has also come to redeem the whole world. And so that's kind of what we do through this liturgical calendar. At the end of it, which we just celebrated last week, uh, we celebrate Christ the King, because Christ in his glory is the king of the whole universe. Uh, the scripture says that God the Father has placed all things uh, in subjugation or subject to his rule. And so when all things are finally placed under his rule, then we will have that redemption that we long for, not only for ourselves, but for the whole created order. And so today we're going to be talking about this, this liturgical year and how we can celebrate this in our families we got a great guest coming up. We're going to be speaking with Haley Stewart. Uh, she's a convert, mother of three, um, blogger, and, uh, and much more. And she's been blogging at carrotsformichaelmas.com, uh, where she talks about all things pertaining to the faith and her family, but in a special way, how 
they as a family celebrate the liturgical year and very step-by-step instructions and ideas that you can implement in your home as well. Every Advent uh, for the last several years, my family has done a different bedtime routine, right? Before, you know, we always have the the normal bedtime where we bring the kids in and we say a prayer and we sing a song and uh, I, I pray the blessing over them out of out of Scripture. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And then we send them off to bed. Well, during Advent and during Lent, we do something different. And they've come to expect it. They get really excited about it. Uh, and it's really simple. Uh, during Advent, we pull out the... The Advent wreath, which they love because kids love fire. <laughs> and we pull it out and we light the candle. And then we just read the, the Mass readings for the day. Uh, it's very simple, five to ten minutes. Uh, and we, we read those readings. We sing an Advent hymn, whether it's O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, or Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. And, uh, and then we send them to bed in silence. And they love it. They love the, the, the silence as part of it for them. It's part of the mystique of, of this season. It sets it apart for them. Uh, and, and so this year, well, last year we decided, hey, here's an idea. Uh, technology is such that we can invite you into our home for this bedtime routine. And so last year, uh, if you were listening, if you came over to social media, we live streamed our bedtime routines every night. And so speaking of how we set things apart uh, in our life, uh, Israel, my oldest, he he came to me about a month ago now and said, "Okay, Dad, are we gonna are we gonna live stream it again? Are we, are, can we do that? Can we live stream our Advent bedtime again?" Uh, and so apparently now that's tradition. You do it once, and and for a child, that's that's it. That settled it. Now it's tradition. So we're going to be doing that again. I haven't decided yet if we're going to use Facebook Live or if we're going to use uh, YouTube live streaming. I'll put a link, though, uh, once I check out the technical specs and figure which way we're going to do it. I'll put a link up over on my social media, facebook.com slash step outside the walls. On Twitter, the handle's at outside the walls, so that you can figure out where to come and join us for this Advent bedtime routine. And most nights it'll be around 8 o'clock, give or take a few minutes. And every once in a while it'll be later than that because life happens and we live uh, a ways out of town, so if we have to travel. Uh, But I I want you to feel welcome in our home. I'd love to have you come and join us. Uh, And and join us also on social media. Comment on those those videos and let me know what are some of the things that you uh, have done or are planning to do or are doing right now to mark these days uh, and set them apart. Maybe it's a spiritual practice that helps you prepare your heart uh, to recognize that all is not right with the world uh, so that you can more fully rejoice in, in the coming of Christ. Because honestly, it could be so easy to get so bogged down, you know, the holiday season beginning with, uh, with Halloween really going all the way past New Year's. There are so many things to do. Life is so jam-packed that we, we can miss the deeper significance of it altogether. We're running from here to there and making sure that we've got all of our presents bought from all of the right places, that we didn't forget anyone on our list, that we've got our spreadsheets out. Uh, maybe that's just us because of uh, the seven kids. But we got the spreadsheets out. We're like, okay, did we? are we equal? Did we get everyone the things that we were supposed to get? And you can you can just be so relieved that the shopping is done that you can miss 
the fact that Christ has come into the world for the redemption of our souls, for the redemption of the whole cosmos, to set right what was made wrong in the fall. And so these four Sundays of Advent starting tomorrow, uh, they provide us some, uh, some much-needed time to remember and to reflect and to prioritize uh, our thought processes and our patterns so that we can look and say, okay, Christ is coming. Am I ready? Is my heart ready? Is my family ready? Is my spiritual practice where it needs to be? Uh, have I uh, submitted all of the areas of my life that need to be submitted to God because Christ is coming? Uh, we heard uh, recently in, in Mass the parable of the wise and foolish virgins, who the wise virgins, they had the oil ready so that when the bridegroom Christ appeared, they were ready to greet him. And that's what this time is for us, this time of, uh, of Advent we're entering into. It's a time to check our oil, to make sure that we are internally, spiritually prepared for the coming of Christ. And there are lots of different ways you could prepare your heart. But I do invite you to come and join us for our bedtime routine with the kids as, as we help them prepare and as we prepare ourselves uh, to celebrate this season. So again, that link will be over on our social media. Now, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we celebrated the third anniversary of Outside the Walls. We've been doing this now for three years. And on that day, I, I told you about this giveaway. I'm going to give away a Christmas present. Uh, to someone who comes over to social media and tells me three to five of your favorite episodes over the last three years. If you don't remember all the episodes, have no fear because they're all archived over at OutsideTheWalls.com. Click the episode archive link and all the guests are listed there on the right-hand side. Uh, and, and so let me know uh, there on social media, what are three to five of your favorite episodes over these three years? And I will enroll you uh, into a drawing for uh, a Scott Hahn book that I'm giving away this year. But perhaps you don't like your odds. Perhaps you've never won a drawing and, and you want to make sure that you get a Christmas present from me. Well, uh, I've got a way for you to do that as well. While you're there over on Outside the Walls, uh, looking at the episodes, there's also a link there to Patreon. It says, support the show. Outside the Walls is entirely crowdfunded. Uh, and it's the gifts of those who, who support the show and love the work that we do that allow us to continue bringing you these episodes week in and week out. So if you want to make sure that you get a present, then while you're there at Outside the Walls, go ahead and click on the link that says Patreon, support the show. And all those who support the show at a $10 level will be getting a Christmas present from me. Just make sure that you come and do that before the second Sunday of Advent, and we will get that sent out before Christmas. Well, don't go anywhere. We have a great show for you today. We're going to be talking with Haley Stewart, who blogs over at Carrots for Michaelmas, where she talks all about her family life and what they do to celebrate the liturgical calendar. It's going to be a great conversation with lots of ideas uh, and easy to implement as well. In the meantime, come and join the ongoing conversation over at facebook.com slash step outside the walls. On Twitter, the handle's at Outside the Walls. Tell me about some of the things you do to make Advent special in your family. We'll be right back right after this. You're listening to Outside the Walls. Welcome. 
Welcome back to Outside the Walls, where we explore the foundations and implications of our faith on daily life. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam, and tomorrow is the first Sunday of Advent, first Sunday of the liturgical year. So it's really New Year's for us, uh, but this is a very short liturgical uh, Advent for us. It's the shortest it can be because the fourth Sunday of Advent, actually this time, is Christmas Eve. So we don't really get a fourth week of Advent at all. So we've got to cram all of our Advent celebration, Advent uh, ruminations and meditations, all within a very short period of time. Uh, Today we have on the show Haley Stewart. She's got a great blog that my wife and I have read for years called Carrots for Michaelmas. We'll get into that title and, and a little bit more as we go along in the interview. Haley, thanks for being on the show today. Sure. Thanks so much for having me on. So you are a, a recent convert like myself. You came in in 2010, the year before we did. Uh, and tell me a little bit about your faith life before your conversion. What did that? What did your growing up years look like? Sure. So um, my husband and I both came into church at the same time, and we were both... Um, raised in, in the church in Protestant Christianity. Mm-hmm. And, um, he was coming from a Baptist background. His dad is a Southern Baptist minister. And then, um, my family kind of jumped around a little bit. I was raised mostly Presbyterian. And then we went to a more evangelical church for a little while. And then about the time I left for college, my parents became Anglican So when I got to Baylor, which is where I went to college, I was kind of trying to figure out my faith journey at that point. Mm -hmm. And you talk about this a little bit on your blog. If anyone wants to go, uh, you've got a three-part segment on your conversion and what brought you into the church. But what I'm most curious about and what I'd like to explore with you today is your focus now as a family. uh, You've got three children on living out the the feasts and the fasts of the liturgical year in a very tangible, uh, practical way, hands-on kind of a way. Uh, After you were drawn into the Catholic Church and you started going to Mass and you already had this sense of, hey, I'm a Christian and so I have to live uh, my Christianity not just on Sunday, um, that was already present. You've taken it now a step further into really digging into the depths and the richness of all of the various feasts and memorials and solemnities. Uh, what, how, what drew you to that? What was the steps that you went from your conversion and then digging into uh, the Christian year? Yeah, well, um, I was actually introduced to the idea of the Christian year by a Baptist professor <laughs> at my school um, who was very knowledgeable about um, various Christian faith traditions. And he was presenting to us, mostly Protestants in the classroom, what we'd grown up experiencing as a liturgical year. So he drew a line across the board and at the front of the room and made a little tick mark for Easter and one for Christmas and then one in the middle for 4th of July. And he said, (laughs) this is probably what you've experienced as a liturgical year. These are the days where you go to church and something's different than usual. Mm -hmm. Easter and Christmas and 4th of July, you know, you sing patriotic songs and the minister maybe talks about patriotism or something in the sermon. And um, that really resonated with me because that was my experience. And then he explained 
the different seasons of the liturgical year and um, different feasts, Advent and Lent, the idea of how Advent prepares us to celebrate Christmas and how Lent prepares us to celebrate Easter and just the beauty and richness of that rhythm. And that was really, really exciting to me and to my husband. We were in in a lot of the same classes. Mm -hmm. And so in some ways, that was one of the things that attracted us to the church for our conversion is just seeing that beautiful richness that is woven throughout the days of our year that is integrated into our lives that we can kind of walk with Jesus through the year and experience that over and over again. Um, so that was kind of my introduction. And then, um, as we were in RCIA and moving towards our conversion, we started, well, thinking maybe we could just start trying to do this, but where do we find the right information? Usually we ordered a couple of books and we'd look up stuff online and just tried to bring that into like our meal planning and into our home and, and start those traditions. At that point, our oldest um, was just an infant. So we were like, mm-hmm. hey, now's the time to figure out these traditions, right. you know, then um, then our kids will have that to remember and won't, won't remember a time before that. So that was our that was our introduction. And then we just really enjoyed the history of how different people and cultures have celebrated these different seasons and just how, feeling connected to the church throughout time, as well as distance that, you know, we're celebrating something in a way people celebrated it hundreds of years ago. And so we're connected to those same Christians. And we found that really exciting. Yeah. If you're just joining us today, we're talking with Haley Stewart. She's a a blogger, speaker, and more. Uh, She blogs over at Carrots for Michaelmas. And so let's turn our attention to that name for a minute, because I think it it points a little bit to what we're talking about. You, You were talking about looking at the living the liturgical life uh, as we see in the calendar. But the title points to a really very specific uh, practice of a feast day of a saint, not so much wrapped into the wholeness of the liturgical year, but something very peculiar to us as Catholics. So talk about uh, where, where you came up with that name, and was that maybe the first feast that you got interested in? What, what stuck out about that feast to make it central into your, your blog? Yeah. Well, when I started the blog, um, I just kind of started it to document our faith journey and this practice we wanted to bring into our home of observing the liturgical year. And it just happened to be right before the feast of St. Michael and the archangels on September 29th. And so we you know, tried to figure out how are we going to celebrate this? What do people do for this? Right. And looked up traditional recipes and saw that, you know, apparently in Scotland, it's it's traditional to have carrots. There's this connection with having carrots on the Feast of St. Michael. And you can have blackberries because there's a legend that the devil spits on the blackberries the day after Michaelmas. <laughs> so everyone wants to eat blackberries um, on on September 29th on the Feast of St. Michael. And we just had some friends over and roasted. We couldn't find a goose, which is traditional. So we roasted a chicken and had people over and kind of learned about it together. And so it was just kind of the beginning of that practice, that habit we were trying to bring into the domestic church. Mm -hmm. 
Now, food is culturally something that's very important in these feast celebrations. And, you know, uh, we just celebrated the, the Feast of St. Andrew, and, and we all know the song Hot Cross Buns, but not very many people know that those are associated because of uh, St. Andrew's cross uh, with his feast day. And then uh, there, there's, uh, I mean, you could just have... Uh, a veritable, you never get bored with the menu when you're pulling out these saints' feast days. We always do, <laughs> we do specula cookies in our family for St. Nicholas' feast day. Yeah. Uh, there's just, there's all, always new recipes to try out, always new flavors. And food has always been a really important thing about community and family within mm-hmm. the faith. So you've created a couple of resources that are not only in your blog, but a couple of, of books as well. Talk to us about uh, what these resources are and how we might get, get a hold of them. Sure. Well, um, my husband is a fantastic cook. I am a middling cook, (laughs) Um, but he is very creative and culinarily inclined. So he puts on like dinners for, you know, a hundred, 200 people on a regular basis for his, his job. And, um, so as we were trying to figure out, okay, how can we bring the liturgical year into our home? We were looking for resources and there's a few kind of more historically based resources you can find of, you know, these are meals that people may have had historically in different parts of the world. But a lot of what you find is going to be more desserts and, you know, a cake and decorate it with icing that looks like such and such, which is absolutely fine and go for it, you know, but, um, my kids are allergic to gluten. So oh. that seriously cut down on our like baked goods ability to celebrate anything with baked goods. And so we really wanted to celebrate it, um, celebrate different feast days in a way that worked for our family. And we thought it would be easy for other families where you have to eat dinner anyway. Right. So why not try to bring in the liturgical year and honor some different saints that way when you're cooking dinner? So we put together kind of the books that we wish we had had when we had started out this journey. And they have, um, the first one is called Feast and the second one's called More Feasts. And they have just some reflections on different seasons, introduce different saints and um, different observances. And then they have recipes for um, mostly meals, but a, a few a few desserts that were um, mostly made by my husband because he's the, he's the real good cook, but my shepherd's pie recipe is really good. So I feel smug about that, but everything else he gets to feel smug about. (laughs) Right. We're talking today with Haley Stewart. She blogs over at carrotsformichaelmas.com all about the, the way that her family lives out and participates in the liturgical year. They also have a couple of books there that you can either download as an ebook or purchase. One is simply entitled Feasts, and the other one is More Feasts that give you step-by-step uh, everything that you need to know to practice this liturgical feasting in your own home. Don't go anywhere. There's much more to this conversation with Haley right after the break. In the meantime, join the ongoing conversation over at facebook.com slash step outside the walls on Twitter. The handles at outside the walls and let me know what are the things that you do in your home to set the season apart, to make it special as you prepare your heart for the coming of Christ, the incarnation of God this Christmas. Don't go anywhere. There's much more right after this. You're listening to outside the walls.
Welcome back to Outside the Walls, where we explore the foundations and the implications of our faith on daily life. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam. Today, we're talking about different ways to celebrate the liturgical year in your family, ideas for bringing in uh, the, the flavors of Catholicism from all over the world, looking at different saints and their lives. And we're talking with Haley Stewart. She blogs over at carrotsformichaelmas.com. We'll put a link to that over on our social media, facebook.com slash step outside the walls. On Twitter, the handle's at outside the walls. This is a blog that you're going to want to make sure to bookmark and visit often because it's full of rich ideas to pick and choose from of how you can celebrate the liturgical year in your family. Haley, thanks again for being on the show. Sure. So glad to be here. So when you were talking there at the end about having these different feasts, uh, not only the, the celebratory feast of the church, but these feasts in your own home that you put together. And I just had this thought in my mind, this picture in my mind of that family friend that comes over maybe once or twice a year and you always go all out and you make something big for them. Uh, and, and the family loves it when they all get together and it's just this, this time of camaraderie. And in a way, that's what these saint feast days are, where we turn our attention to these specific saints and, and their lives and their story, and we celebrate with them, inviting them as we participate in the communion of the saints, inviting them into our homes uh, and into our lives as we celebrate them together. That is a lovely image. I've never thought about it that way, um, but I think that's a great depiction of, of what that can be, of what celebrating and honoring the saints in our homes can be. Mm -hmm. So what are some of your family's favorite yearly feasts? Yeah. Okay. So Feast of St. Michael of the Archangels is always a really exciting one for us because they're our first one. So the kids always get excited about it. And it's kind of the end of the really, really hot weather in Texas and the beginning of, of it cooling down a little bit and being able to go outside without burning up. So it's kind of a um, good marker and a great, great day to celebrate. Um, other feasts we love, trying to narrow it down. Um, my daughter's name is Lucy. So we like to celebrate the Feast of St. Lucy on December 13th. Um, and one thing we've been doing just the past couple years is celebrating Christmas Eve with the Feast of the Seven Fishes, Okay, which is, um, it's apparently kind of a Sicilian American tradition, but it's a seven course meal of seafood. Wow. And so I don't do anything but show up. My husband does all <laughs> the cooking and everybody is relieved about that. Um, but that's been a really fun new tradition that we've brought in to, to prepare for Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll have invite a bunch of people over and say, hey, we're having all this food and then you can come with us to midnight mass. And right. sometimes they come and sometimes they leave after the food. But it's it's a fun thing. Great. You know, in the last couple of years, my wife and I have really tried to, to get into this more and and to really celebrate Advent as Advent and not let Christmas uh, overshadow it. And some of the things that we've been doing to try and lengthen the season are that we moved stockings. We moved stockings all the way up to the Feast of St. Nicholas. So we do that very early in the season. And then 
We The first Sunday of Advent, we put out the non-perishable greens, like the garlands and such. The second Sunday of Advent, uh, we buy the tree and put it up. Uh, in those times that it comes before St. Lucy's because we light the tree on St. Lucy's feast day. And then we decorate the tree on Gaudate, Joy Sunday, uh, and then uh, just try to stretch that season out so that it doesn't just assault you all at once and then it's gone as quick as it came. So let's talk a little bit about what you do and what some other ideas are for celebrating Advent as Advent uh, and letting Christmas kind of creep in on its own. Yeah, well, um, Advent is probably my favorite liturgical season. And I love how it's the quiet before the storm. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so necessary in our culture because we're kind of being bombarded with the holidays starting right after Halloween. Right. Um, So it's easy to just be burnt out by Christmas morning and just be ready, you know, take the tree out to the curb. I'm done. You know, it's, it's so easy to feel just overstimulated and exhausted from the holidays before we've even really gotten there. Um, so I love that season of having that breath before it gets crazy and that quiet preparation. Um, and so some of the things we do are a big St. Nicholas day. We really enjoy doing that. And we, we don't do Santa at our house mostly because my oldest child is super, super analytical and we could just see it just going very awry with him, just his certain personality. It would have been lots of questions we couldn't answer and then feeling betrayed. We were like, Oh no, we can't do Santa with you. Um, so we do St. Nicholas as kind of like, Hey, this is, you know, this is the real Santa and we're celebrating him. Um, but we love doing an advent wreath with advent candles Um, We just put it in the middle of the table with the three purple candles and the pink candle. And we light one every week until they're all lit. And we just, um, we pick an Advent hymn to learn every year. So we'll just sing the hymn together as a family and light our candle before dinner every night. And it's such a simple thing, but the kids like love it, are so excited about the Advent wreath. So it's just interesting how you don't have to do something elaborate for it to be meaningful to your family and it to be a special memory that brings them into um, the observance of the liturgical year. Another thing we try to do is instead of skipping right on to Christmas music, really um, enjoying that Advent music, there are a lot of a lot of songs that I always thought were Christmas songs mm-hmm. that were my favorite songs, like O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, are actually Advent songs. And so it's nice having that season to listen to O Come, O Come, Emmanuel and some of these O Come, Divine Messiah, these beautiful songs of longing for the incarnation and really just getting into diving deep into those before we move on into you know, joy to the world and right. and all of that. So that's something we have a few albums that we really like. There's one by it's, it's some sisters mm-hmm. and I forget which Advent order they are, but it's called Advent at Ephesus. It's yeah. beautiful, beautiful. So we love that. Um, so music and our Advent candles and like you, we kind of ease into getting our Christmas tree and then doing the lights and then another time we'll, we'll decorate. And, and with all that, if you kind of give yourself that breath and try to, um, not overschedule, it's so easy to overschedule your family during those weeks, everything's coming up and just say, okay, we're, we're doing Advent and we're 
we're preparing, we're getting the house ready, we're getting our hearts ready, and then really doing it big for Christmas and the whole season. Because what I didn't know growing up is that Christmas isn't just one day, it's actually a season of time. And so that's been fun too. You know, everybody else is kind of kicking their trees to the curb exhausted. And we're like, we're just getting going guys. Um, so that's something we enjoy doing as a family is maybe picking one special thing to do. It doesn't have to be a huge thing for 12 days for those 12 days of Christmas, starting on Christmas day. Maybe it's, Hey, we're all going to go see a movie together or we are going to do gingerbread houses one day or one night we'll drive around and look at all the Christmas lights. And, um, just to kind of keep that sense of right now is, is this season and, and it's special. And here's, we're doing something we wouldn't normally do. Yeah. We're talking with Haley Stewart, blogger over at Carrots for Michaelmas. Now, looking at the liturgical year, you, you, you can go and see what saints are the saint of the day. It can get a little overwhelming because there is a saint for every single day. How do you mm-hmm. go about choosing which feasts to celebrate and, and what to do without just getting completely bogged down and overwhelmed and throwing your hands up and saying, I can't do this. There's too many. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. And there's, you know, one or two or three or you, they could be several saints celebrated every day. Um, and even if it was your full-time job, you couldn't celebrate everyone, you know, you can't right. do it. So often what we'll do is, kind of look at the calendar and and maybe just do one a month. You know, it's not like we're doing one every night or every week, but just pick one a month, maybe in October, St. Francis of Assisi is special to your family, or it's a saint you're, you're getting to know and want to teach your kids about. So you decide that this is a saint we're going to celebrate this month. We're going to plan a special dinner on his night, or we're going to one thing, um, my kids and I often do is we'll make those pine cone bird feeders right. on St. Francis Assisi and hang them up and talk about, you know, St. Francis's view of creation and God's creatures. And, um, and I've also discovered that there are seasons where it's too busy to do a bunch of fancy dinners. You know, life is just, you're in survival mode. Right. And, um, I found that, you know, in certain times there, there's other ways that we can still bring, recognition of the saints into our family. I have a a bunch of picture books about different saints that I've acquired over the years and just, Oh, it's, um, you know, it's St. Elizabeth of Hungary's feast day. So we're going to read the story about roses in the snow and everybody sit down and we've got the story and and now, you know, we're done. But, um, I think there is, it's easy to get overwhelmed because there is so much to the liturgical year and there's so many, place, you know, there's so many places where Catholicism has honored different people and have, different saints have been important to different, um, different eras and different parts of the world that you can just become completely overwhelmed trying to do everything. Yeah. A great place to start when you're looking for ideas is carrotsformichaelmas.com where Haley's compiled a whole list of things that make it easy for you and your family to celebrate the saints and the liturgical year. Don't go anywhere. We've got a lot more to come here on Outside the Walls. Join us over on social media, facebook.com slash step outside the walls. On Twitter, the handle's at Outside the Walls. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Outside the Walls, where we explore the foundations and implications of our faith on daily life. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam. And today we've been talking with Haley Stewart. She blogs over at Carrots for Michaelmas. I, I spent the whole time saying uh, Carrots for Michaelmas because that's how it's spelled, and it's the Feast of St. Michael. But wouldn't you know it, I was pronouncing it wrong, and she <laughs> waited until the end of the show to tell me. <laughs> so it's carrotsformichaelmas.com. And uh, it's filled with just wonderful ideas of how you can mark the days, mark the calendar, the, at the, the liturgical calendar, through specific uh, celebrations and feasts and fasts, which are, I think, a very rich part of our Catholic heritage. If you missed any part of this episode, or, or maybe you know someone who needs to hear it, maybe a, a spouse to give them some ideas, maybe uh, you've got uh, grandchildren who you think would love some of these ways of celebrating and you want to give this to your kids so that they can listen and appropriate some of this in their family, well, have no fear, everything's archived over at OutsideTheWalls.com. Click the episode archive link. And while you're at it, don't just send it in an email, but share it wide on social media. Because you never know, the person who you might least think of might be the most intrigued by these ideas. So go ahead and share it on your Facebook, on your Twitter, or Instagram, whatever you want to do. Uh, and, and let uh, those that you know uh, find this information. Now, there's more to the conversation that I had with Haley uh, that's available to all of those who support us over on Patreon at a $5 level. Uh, there's lots of different ways you can support the show. Just go over to OutsideTheWalls.com, click that Patreon Support the Show link, and you can see all the various ways, all the various financial levels you could support the show and the various rewards that you get for being a part of the network of people who help keep this show running week in and week out. Now let's go ahead and turn our attention to Scripture, our reading from Scripture and our reading from church history. In the first segment, we talked a little bit about how it's very easy to get overwhelmed by all of the tasks that we have to accomplish uh, to celebrate the holidays, to miss the deeper significance behind them. In today's gospel, out of the gospel of Luke, Jesus anticipates that. And Jesus said to his disciples, Beware that your hearts do not become drowsy, from carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of daily life. And that day, the day of judgment, catch you by surprise like a trap. For that day will assault everyone who lives on the face of the earth. Be vigilant at all times and pray that you have the strength to escape the tribulations that are imminent and to stand before the Son of Man. That reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 21. And it is, it's really easy to forget that, that we serve Christ the King uh, that we just celebrated last week, and that he is the King of over all, over the entire cosmos, over the entire world, and that we'll be judged. Uh, it's easy to get caught up in, in the anxieties or, or letting those anxieties push us to a place where we kind of bury them and we just get into the carousing and drunkenness and, and forget that Christ is coming again. Uh, Sister Teresa Alethea is a friend of ours. We've had her on the show several times. And she's been populating her Twitter with, uh, with reflections that she has from putting a skull on her desk. Memento mori, remember your death. And not as a morbid thing, but to remind us that that day is coming where we will be called into account for all that we've done. And are we prepared to meet Christ? Are we preparing our families for that day when they will see God face to face? 
And it doesn't have to be a, a scary thing. We should be living our life in such of a way and preparing to our lives in such a way that when we see him, it will be a, a time of great joy for us. And that leads us right into uh, our reading from church history, which comes from a sermon by St. Augustine. And he says, Let us sing Alleluia here on earth while we still live in anxiety, so that we may sing it one day in heaven full of security. Why do we now live in anxiety? Can you expect me not to feel anxious when I read, Is not man's life on earth a time of trial? Can you expect me not to feel anxious when the words still ring in my ears, Watch and pray that you will not be put to the test? Can you expect me not to feel anxious when there are so many temptations here below that prayer itself reminds us of them? When we say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us? Every day we make out petitions. Every day we sin. Do you want me to feel secure when I am daily asking pardon for my sins and requesting help in my time of trial? Because of my past sins, I pray, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And then, because of the perils still before me, I immediately go on to add, lead us not into temptation. How can all be well with people who are crying out with me, deliver us from evil? And yet, brothers, while we are still in the midst of this evil, let us sing Alleluia to the good God who delivers us from evil. Even here, amidst trials and temptations, let us, let all men, sing Alleluia. God is faithful, says Holy Scripture, and he will not allow you to be tried beyond your strength. So let us sing Alleluia, even here on earth. Man is still a debtor, but God is faithful. Scripture does not say that he will not allow you to be tried, but that he will not allow you to be tried beyond your strength. Whatever the trial, he will see you through it safely, and so enable you to endure. You have entered upon a time of trial, but you will come to no harm. God's help will bring you through it safely. You are like a piece of pottery, shaped by instruction, fired by tribulation. When you are put into the oven, therefore, keep your thoughts on the time when you will be taken out again, for God is faithful and he will guard both your going in and your coming out. But in the next life, when this body of ours has become immortal and incorruptible, then all trials will be over. Your body is indeed dead, and why? Because of sin. Nevertheless, your spirit lives because you have been justified. Are we to leave our dead bodies behind then? By no means. Listen to the words of Holy Scripture. If the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells within you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your own mortal bodies. At present, your body receives life from the soul, but then it will receive life from the spirit. Oh, the happiness of the heavenly alleluia sung in security. In fear of no adversity, we shall have no enemies in heaven. We shall never lose a friend. God's praises are sung both there and here, but here they are sung by those destined to die, there by those destined to live forever. Here they are sung in hope, there 
in hope's fulfillment. Here they are sung by wayfarers, there by those living in their own country. So then, my brothers, let us sing now, not in order to enjoy a life of leisure, but in order to lighten our labors. You should sing as wayfarers do. Sing, but continue on your journey. Do not be lazy, but sing to make your journey more enjoyable. Sing, but keep going. What do I mean by keep going? Keep on making progress. This progress, however, must be in virtue. For there are some, the Apostle warns, who only progress in vice. If you make progress, you will be continuing your journey, but be sure that your progress is in virtue, true faith, and right living. Sing, then, but keep going. That reading comes from a sermon by St. Augustine, and I think it's very apropos for today because it reminds us that the feasting that we do during the liturgical year uh, is not for mere entertainment or mere distraction, but rather it, it's a way that we lighten our load. Yeah, we're, we're here trudging through earth, but we have a communion with the saints. And by looking to them and looking to their life and asking for their intercession, uh, we are enriched and we are prepared for that day that Jesus talked about in the gospel, that day of judgment where we stand before him and we say, here's the progress that I made. Here is the virtue that I grew in by looking to your saints, by looking to, to Christ. Here is, is what my life has become, and now I give it as an offering to you. And the feasting that the church offers us uh, really does help us to grow in virtue. It helps us when we, when we celebrate the specific saint's life uh, and we ask for their intercession. It helps our spirits to grow. I'm reminded of the story of St. Ignatius of Loyola, who was converted uh, quite profoundly because of the lives of Christ and the saints. By reading the stories of the saints, the, the historic virtue with which they lived their lives, his own heart was captivated and drew him uh, to become an obedient son of the church. And so this is what we do for ourselves. This is what we do for our families and for our children when we keep the, the liturgical calendar and the feasts of the saints and the, the fasts of the church here, we keep those before our eyes, we grow in virtue. We become that which we gaze upon. If we gaze upon Christ, if we gaze upon the, the virtues of the saints, then those are the things that begin to populate our lives. So I encourage you to go over to carrotsformicklemas.com, uh, read some of the things that are there and look at the various opportunities that you have and find some way, some small way to begin bringing the lives of the saints, bringing the celebrations of the saints into your home, into your daily practice. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Today's episode was brought to you by the Keithley family today. And all of those who support the show through Patreon, join their numbers, go to OutsideTheWalls.com, click that Patreon link, and see how you can support the work we do week in and week out. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.